I haven't purchased a microphone. I was told when I signed into my iPad that the microphone is excellent and that I didn't need one. So, I am recording this one on the iPad. At least it won't ring or buzz or give a notification that I have to somehow figure out how to get rid of. Anyway, I am noticing that it picks up every little breath, every little that I do with my tongue. So I'm going to have to watch that. Anyway, today was the day I woke up feeling flat. It's the only way I can explain it. The pollen count is astronomical and it is messing with my head. And since I'm going to be wearing masks forever, I'm donning them. Even while I'm driving in the car. And I know what people say when they see people in the car with the mask on. But I promise you, the pollen is disgusting. I don't want it in my hair. I don't want it on my clothes. I definitely don't want it in my lungs. I see these people walking around. Just breathing it in. All that nasty green yuck. But I digress. We are entitled to our privileges of doing whatever it is we feel like we need to do in this body. And I am choosing to take in the least amount of pollen that I can this pollen season. I'm wearing wigs or head covers because I'm not going to wash my hair every night. You ask yourself, why would you have to wash your hair every night? Because I don't want it on my pillow because if I put my head on my pillow, I now have pollen on my pillow and then pollen gets in my eyes and up my nose and I don't do that. I don't sit on my bed in street clothes anyway, so that's not a problem. I just come in, take off my clothes, and change into something that's relatively pollen-free because I have to trust the fact that the filters in the air conditioning system is just doing its job and keeping out all the pollen and gunk but you didn't turn into this (laughs) tune into this to hear about pollen honestly I don't know why you tuned in maybe Jesus wanted to know that someone else's day was also flat and how they got through it how did I get through it well I didn't pray at first I just wondered what was happening And I had a very long talk with Jesus about everything that was on my mind. It was a dump. Just a a mental and spiritual dump. As if he didn't have a clue as to what was going on with me anyway. (laughs) I didn't feel much better after I did that. Laying in bed till 10 a.m. didn't help it either. But oh my God, the things 
around me just did not lend themselves to me (sighs) looking on the joyful side of it. I mean, laundry is never fun. Dishes is never fun. Living in a home full of able-bodied people that just don't help as often as you need or would like them to just did not motivate me to get out of bed before 10. Quite honestly, I could have not gotten out of bed and all, but that would not have been conducive to my day. So I started with my laundry, which I don't do often because my husband does the laundry. And when I say he does the laundry, he does the laundry. He doesn't just wash clothes. I wash clothes. Dump them all in, little soap, water. Everything's washed. There you go. And then drying is a nightmare because towels don't dry as quick as nightgowns. But anyway, my husband does the laundry. He spoils me in that area. Keeps the laundry room clean. So when he's at work and I need to do the laundry, it's a chore real then there's the kitchen oh my god must they get a clean glass every time they go to the cupboard (sighs) they know what they're supposed to do do they do it no anyway this talk is to bring you down it's supposed to tell you how I got through my day put the dishes in the dishwasher then I found out that the dishwasher wasn't working but that was an easy fix I just called my hubby and he said oh this is what you do and sure enough that's what I did and dishwasher washed all those dishes and the two adults the 20 year old and the 18 year old put them away wiped down the counters and things and I got to listen to funny banter. And then the six-year-old says, You know, Nana, I'm never going to leave you when I grow up. I'm going to stay right here. I said, Okay. She said, When you grow up, Nana, are you going to stay here too? I said, You mean stay here with you? She said, Yes. I said, Yes. When I grow up, I will stay here with you. That cheered me up listening to them talk and laugh and giggle and be inappropriate things that I would probably never say in front of my grandmother. Okay, I would have never said them in front of my grandmother. But it lifted my spirits. Even to the point where when it was time to go and pick up a teenager from work, it was almost joyous because, you know, he enjoys the job and the job enjoys him and Traffic was good, and now I lay here talking to you on my iPad because I'm told by the iPad that it has an excellent microphone. Hmm. And, you know, true to form, I listened, and it does sound better than my old Galaxy 
Samsung. Which, by the way, I've tried to exchange, but the phone's on back order. Which is another conversation. Don't want to talk about current events right now because everything is all relative to people's opinions. Right now, I want to talk to you about joy. The Bible says to count it all joy when ugly things happen. It's not easy to do. And quite honestly, it doesn't cross your mind unless you have been studying and you heard someone say, count it all joy. And I've been in the Word and in ministry for a very long time, and I still don't know how to readily do that in some areas of my life. Now, I can look back and see where God was and His hand and Holy Spirit hovering, and then I can count it all joy. But in the moment, in that moment, when it feels like the fire is turning up, I don't always remember who I am in Him. Which is why you need people around you, friends, spouse, people around you who will remind you of who He is and who you are in Him. They will also remind you that we are all human and we do not have wonderful days every single day. The infallibility of being human dictated why the Apostle Paul says, when the day of trouble comes, we are supposed to stand. And after everything else, just stand. I used to pray with a mindset that (laughs) the negative was going to happen anyway. Even though I know the Bible says that we're supposed to bring our petitions to God in thanksgiving. I just was so in a place where, eh, I'm praying. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm praying. Please, God, don't let the house burn down with me in it or my kids in it if it must burn down. Isn't that crazy? I don't know why we always expect the negative to be God's first response. When we know that he is a loving God, he's a gracious God. He sent Jesus as a mediator between us because we are infallible. Or should I say fallible? Same. I am a word nerd, and the word incredible bothers me because it means without credit. So I would much rather say, oh my God, that was credible. And people look at me like, you mean incredible? Anywho. I just know that we have to always remind ourselves 
of who we are in him. We have to stop, take a deep breath, and remember that he who promised is faithful. Even when we don't see it, even when it doesn't feel like it, even when it doesn't go the way you ask for it to be done, he is still faithful, especially when we're not. I have a lot, a lot of prayers under my belt that I prayed. I prayed them lack of faith. I prayed them sobbing and moaning and complaining. I prayed them believing that God would not answer. But the point is, I prayed. Because that connection is vital to me in my life. Because I professed to love him and that he is God. And I want him to be God over my life. So when I woke up this morning flat, it was not with the absence of thought who I am with him. It was because I woke up feeling flat. So many dreams and aspirations in my head. So many books, so many stories, so many things that I wanted in my life before I got to this part of my life, this chapter of my life. And while a few of them have been made manifest, it has not been without its ups and downs and perils. It's a punch in the gut when you write a book and you wonder why. Hmm. I sold X amount, but I don't have this amount money. And then that money stops, and then you find out that somebody somewhere in another country has absconded your print on demand and is selling your books quite happily without my knowledge or permission definitely not selling the profits took four years to clear that up and in that somehow I lost the joie de vivre of wanting to release anything else which I know is the enemy's plan steal kill destroy life life doesn't always lend itself to the manifestation of dreams or you can have them you can write them down It takes determination. And in my opinion, it takes a focus, a still-eyed, eagle-eyed focus on the one who promised faithfulness. He who promised 
is faithful. Now, a lot of you don't know what it is you were called to do. Still trying to figure it out. And I have always said, when God calls you to something, whether you know it or not, you're already doing that thing. You just got to stop and look. What do you find myself doing? Am I always trying to uplift spirits? Am I always trying to point out something? Sounds like teacher pastor to me. Am I always taking care, mending? You got to find out what it is that you were called to do. What is it you enjoy? And then do that thing. And for let me tell you something. Don't focus on money. Don't focus on money. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make a million dollars. Nope, don't focus on money. Focus on the joy that it brings you to do. I enjoy crocheting. I do. Calms my nerves. Helps me to think. And in the beginning, many years ago, I would just crochet and give stuff away and mostly baby blankets and that kind of thing. And I remember I made a blanket, a hat, a sweater, and booties. And she said, you made that for real? Um, yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. You didn't buy this? No. You made this? Yes. (coughs) I don't remember a thank you. She probably did because that's who she is, but all I remember is when I gave it to her, she used it that day, and I never saw it again. That used to bug me, give people things, never saw it again. Fast forward to recent, and she took pictures. And it warmed my heart. She took pictures. It was in every picture up until he turned a year old. Huh. Warmed my heart. Eh, it's probably got something else to do with something else, but I don't know. I felt like she was grateful and she was happy and she loved it. He's older now. I'm going to make something for his bed. She doesn't know it, but I am. Oh. I just feel like you find that thing that you enjoy doing and do it because you enjoy doing it. I'm not saying don't sell it. I'm not saying try not to make money on it. I'm just saying don't focus on the money. Do not equate your talent and and those things on the money. Still take classes. I take classes. That's community. There are people out there who know more about what you're doing than you do. And if they don't, there's a trick or a tip or a hint or something that they got from grandma, auntie, neighbor that can help you with something. It's about community.
Anywho. Never forget who you are in him. Practice. Counting it all joy. And it does take practice. Find a scripture that can uplift you when you're down. A favorite scripture. Why so downcast, O oh my soul? Put your hope in God. That made me smile. But I'm at this point right now when I'm recording this that I'm I'm not flat like I was this morning. I'm feeling kind of good. I should be asleep because it's 1.30 in the morning. But that's when my house is quiet and I can get things done. And I get to talk to you. Find a scripture. Repeat it to yourself. Write it on your mirror. Put it on a piece of paper. Put it on your wall. Something that will help you get through these crazy, crazy times that's happening around us. Try not to focus on the news. Try not to focus on the crazy. Because trust me, ooh, the crazy is out there. That in itself is another post. I'm going to leave you with a beautiful thought of knowing that he who made you just a little lower than the angels are mindful of you. He is. The angels are mindful of you. He even gave angels charge over you. That's what Psalm 91 is all about. I challenge you to read Psalm 91 and embrace the thoughts that's in it. Embrace the love that was put in it. Because no matter what happens, no matter where you are, when you are, how you are, he who promised is faithful. The odd thing about life is that we grow up with dreams and goals and aspirations and things we want to be. I hear my Nana girl say she wants to be a nurse and a doctor and a fireman. And then sometimes she wants to be a teacher or and a model. Nana boy is pretty consistent. He wants to be a fireman or a police officer. Then he says he's thinking about it. I hear them. And I pray that that can come true for them. Because hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's scripture. I know a lot about hope deferred more than I want to know about hope deferred. You know, the little things. <laughs> as simple as what kind of house or what kind of car, going to school, family, friends. 
Sometimes I look back over my life and I think to myself, you know, I wanted to be a pediatrician. And then I wanted to be a nurse. Then I wanted to be a nurse practitioner. Always, always wanted to be an author. And then there was that thing that was said to me when I was 17 that I alluded to in another post, which I've heard since. People trying to figure out what it was. No, it was nothing about looks or or size or any of those other things that were hurled at me as I was growing up. It was one thing when I was 17. It was a school event and the lady who was a palm reader said these things to me that were fine at first, you know, things you normally hear from a palm reader about life and kids and those kind of things. And I don't truly remember everything she said except for that one pointed arrow. She says, you're going to write a lot of books, but you're not going to finish any of them. Hmm. That stuck. I try not to play it over and over in my head, but I have all these years. The voice isn't so loud anymore because the alpha male I married is prayer warrior. <laughs> I suppose that I could have told someone else, anybody else before this, before him, but for some reason I kept it close to me. <laughs> I'm reminded of a dream I had. And I think I've said this in a post too before where in the dream I had this beautiful necklace on around my neck. And yeah, you've heard the dream before. It turned out to be smoke and mirrors and ugly glass. And, and it broke. Well, in the dream, hubby broke it. And it was just this shard of ugly. And as I'm telling this, I'm thinking that that is the lie of the enemy that I grabbed and held on to, shined it up, write, write, write. I do, I write, I blog, I, I write for pay, I write. But the books for some reason are, were hard to release. Anyway, what this person said was in direct opposition to something that had been said to me when I was 12 years old. My grandmother took me to a meeting, a church meeting. It was an odd church. Everybody wore white. The women sat on this little stage. My memory has us outside. These women sitting out and the light and the fires and it was just an odd, odd thing. And the seer would have people come down and pray. And she would read their prayers is what they were saying. I remember this church was odd, okay? Not not anything like the Methodist, Methodist church I grew up in. Anyway, I prayed and I know what I prayed. I said, God, this place is weird. We need to go. And she said that she liked... 
or understood my relationship with God or something like that. See, the good stuff you don't always remember. And I don't remember all of her words except that she wanted me to sit up on the stage with her. And she said that to my grandmother and we never went back. Though I remember going to pick up some of that fish they had in a room with candles and I guess it was smoked fish or something or whatever. I don't know. I don't remember any of that. It's just all kind of a vague thing in my mind. But I remember one of the things she said to me was that I would write many books. End of statement. I do remember she said that. Fast forward. 17-year-old got derailed by the enemy. <sighs> I started actually writing when I was in the third grade. I would write. Didn't have sense enough to copy or I don't even think I had the ability to copy in the third grade. But I would write and let people read it and then not get it back. That happened for a long time. Now, it doesn't happen anymore. There are many copies and a couple of people reading, but I still have a copy of what it is they're reading. Is there anything that was said to you that you've held on to? That's a lie of the enemy. But for some reason it rings true in your head because of whatever reason. It's easy for us to hear an offhanded comment or something that someone said. They probably didn't mean any harm in saying it. But the fragility, the fragility of your psyche just broke, cracked, was dented. And like me, you didn't tell anyone. You didn't say anything. You just kind of carried it and covered it and shined it up. And there it is. Sitting on the mantelpiece, that thing, it becomes the excuse, it becomes the reason that we feel unlovable or unloved or unwanted or somehow, I don't know, worthy of the failure, which is never true. But I do know one thing. Hope defers makes the heart sick. I was depressed for a very long time in my middle 20s. But then I noticed that none of the medication was working. And who I said I believed God to be was opposite of where my mind was taking me. Understanding that the sentence in the Bible that says, you know, that the serpent was the most subtle of all the creatures. Even the word subtle stuck out to me. Because it doesn't even begin to be spelled 
the way that it sound. Subtle. S-U-T-T-L-E is not the way it's spelled. Being a person of words and linguistics as I am, the words fascinate me. The way they're strung together, the way they paint pictures, the way they can uplift or tear down. Subtle. Subtle means that they're there before you know it. You're wondering how they got there. Prayerfully, they don't leave you bleeding on the ground. The enemy comes to steal your joy. Kill your joy. And ultimately destroy you. I made the decision that either God is God or he's not. And I choose for him to be God. He is either Lord of my life or he's not. And I choose for him to be Lord of my life. And so I just decided. If in fact. He means for me to prosper. In all things. Even as my soul prospers. I need to figure out how to prosper my soul. And on some levels I know how to do that. And then comes that part. Hopes defers. Hope deferred. Now mind you it didn't say hope killed. Hope died. Hope destroyed. It says deferred. It means it's put off. It means it's it seems far away from you. It's not happening right now. Deferred. It means it's going to be there one day. Probably not in the timing that you want it to be. But it'll be there when you need it. Life has its way. We just have to figure out where we are in it. It's like an ocean. Loud. You ever been to the ocean? It's loud. It is very, very loud. It is. It is mind-numbing. Violent. I remember walking on the beach and seeing the people there playing in the water, sitting on the side. It wasn't very sunny that day, but they were just sitting at the ocean, you know, doing what people do at the ocean. And I remember walking along the coastline of the water, and for whatever the reason, my spirit was just vexed and my husband and his way. <laughs> Since that, said what he said, the spirit calmed. I understood. He is first my friend. Never forget that. He is first my friend. Hmm. I think we should all go to the ocean. Everybody should go to the ocean 
to just hear the sound, the violent, loud sound of the ocean. I can hear it even now, and it's been a while since I've been there. Which is a funny thing, because you can buy these records and recordings and players that will play the sound of the ocean, and it sounds peaceful and restful. And Even if a person is there, like I've seen people post online, they're at the ocean, and you hear the sound of the ocean, and for whatever the reason, the recording does not capture the violence of the sound. And so it sounds relaxing and peaceful and you just want to sit by the water and commune with God. But I remember the violence of the sound. Never ask God to explain that to me. One day I will. I just am not going to do it right now. Because right now we're talking about hope deferred. We all have those. We all have those. I wish I had the words to tell you what to do with that hope that has been deferred. Oh, I can say, be still and know. I can give you the scriptures that said, they that wait. All of those things that I know. I can tell you the faithfulness of God because he is completely faithful especially when we're not always on time I'm not saying that everything goes as planned I'm not saying that life can ever be perfect I am not saying that the life of Christian is completely and totally blessed and above and beyond every horrible thing. The Bible doesn't even say that. It says, when the day of trouble comes, we are to stand. So it's up to us to figure out what we're standing on while we're holding on or keeping watch over that hope deferred. The thing is to not allow that hope, that deferred hope to weigh us down. Either you believe God is faithful or you don't. Either you believe that he is God or you don't. Either you believe he is Lord over your life or he's not. (laughs) It's one or the other. Either or, neither, nor. But you're going to have to believe something. Stand on something. I can't put a seed in the ground, not water it, not put it in the soil in the right conditions, and expect it to give me a bountiful harvest. So when I pray, especially over a hope deferred, 
I have to make sure that my heart is right and my mindset is correct. Because if I don't believe it when I pray and I don't believe what I'm saying, I may as well just put it in the trash. Because that seed's not going to bear fruit. Not the way I want it to. The weeds are going to choke it out or it just isn't going to produce to begin with. One way that I watch over whatever hope I have that's deferred for however long is to watch the words that come out of my mouth about it. Can't be negative. Can't be negative. Vegetation killer kills everything. Can't be negative about it. I have chosen at times to say nothing about a hope. Or I'll share it with someone who I know will pray. Like my twin and my husband. Those two I know will see that hope deferred. Understand my heart in it and cover it in the blood of Jesus. And and pray and encourage me in that thing. Just like these podcasts, it's, it, it, and I don't know why it amazes me that my, my twin and my husband listens to them all. I just, I don't understand why I'm I'm amazed. I just don't. They love me. They understand me. They know my heart. So I don't understand. But that's because I believe too many lies for too long. And here I am in my 60s trying to come out of those things, those lies. There are things that I know in my head that God wants me to do with this forum. Like on Fridays, I'm supposed to do short stories or, you know, things that I've written down. Not poetry, not ever poetry. Poetry eludes me and I'm not trying to do anything about it limericks I like limericks don't know a clean one though so couldn't do that either way it's supposed to be all practical ministry and I know that if I'm living my life out loud I stand to be judged Sometimes I judge, but I judge from a point of there but by the grace of God am I. I have a point of view about the whole slap gate. Not a popular one. But the bottom line is I don't know why they live their lives so out loud. Yes, people learn from it. Yes, they're getting their points across. Yes, their kids know who they are as humans and not just as parents. But I think that we, the people, because they live their lives out in open like that, we feel like we know who they are and we get to dictate 
what their marriage is like. If you listen, it's no different than any other marriage. Two people trying to make it. Sometimes the one is up. Sometimes that one is down. The point is to balance each other. The point is to love past the flaws and the problems and the issues. And I applaud anyone who can make it past infidelity and stay together and work on that thing. Because, man, that's a big one. That's a big one. I heard a friend say that she wished he'd have just hit her. As in, him beating her would have felt less hurtful than the affair he had. Hmm. Anyway, that was a rabbit trail. We were talking about hope deferred. Hmm. Well, anyway, we all have them. We just keep holding on. Not allowing the enemy to tell us that it's dead. The thing that's bugging me right now, it's family, man. Family, family, family. It's a part of my agitation. And I know we don't get to dictate the kids' lives. We don't get to set them up the way we'd like to. We sit back and watch and listen feel, choose the time to say something and choose the time to say nothing. Look back over my life and, <laughs> man, times I wish I'd have listened to even the shortest word, you know, don't do that. Yeah, different heartache. And if I had listened to the don't do that, there wouldn't be any heartache in that area anyway. Uh, anyway, my prayer for you is that you have someone that you can turn to who you know got your back. Your front, your sides, they got you. And they'll speak words of wisdom into your situation. And they'll be uplifting. They'll also not be afraid to tell you when you're messing up. Or that they just simply don't understand where you're at right now. However, they'll know how to pray. I know there's a trend nowadays for whatever the reason. Not one to offend anyone. Especially those who've been hurt by church people. 
Oh my God, that's a whole that's a whole another podcast there. The difference between church people and believers. There's a complete different whole concept of the difference. Church people cannot help you with anything, especially hope deferred. Child, I understand. I know what I you yeah, we're not going there. We don't need church people. We need believers. Some who can give you a testimony about what God has done for them. You know, I'm going to end this with my, one of my hopes deferred. I remember when my last relationship crashed and burned. And God was cleaning me up for my present husband. Oh, man. There were some things I didn't want to let go of. Some sacred cows that got burned in front of me. There were some things that God just snatched from me, like like it was a thought in my head, and the next one, it was gone. I don't remember what the thought was, but I remember the extraction, that feeling of extraction. I do remember that. And the hope deferred, the hope was... The hope was that I wanted someone to love me just because I'm me. Not because of ability, not because of something I could do or be or any of that. Just because I'm standing there, arms to my side, doing nothing. I'm just me. Someone to love me for that. That hope turned around to a (sighs) false truth in my head that, well, that's never going to happen. I won't ever be enough for one person. Haven't so far. No one will ever love me for me. (laughs) Not true. And I remember when God was trying to prepare me for that truth. Prepare me to understand that that hope was again a hope and it was not going to be deferred anymore do you know i remember standing outside the church crying telling god i don't want to be married i don't want to yeah yeah it was the construct of marriage that i didn't want I didn't want the arguing. I didn't want the pettiness. I didn't want the 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 opposition. I didn't want anything like what I'd had before. God, I didn't want any of that anymore. And in my head, that's all marriage is. You know, women talking about how their husband get on their nerves. And I just didn't want any of that anymore. Didn't want the the abrasive side of relationships. And so when God told me that he wanted me to be married, I said about, okay, fine. Then I get a say. I picked scriptures. And I prayed those scriptures. And God said, nah, that's not him. I cried again. <laughs> and yet, my husband is everything God said he would be. All those things that made me cry 
and wonder if I was really hearing God turned out to be a whole bunch of wonderful. This man of God. Just what God ordered. That hope. That thing that I had given up on is now a joy and a testament to who God is in my life, showing me that he loves me. <sighs> All I had to do was be still and know, and I didn't do that. And yet God blessed me anyway. So I said all of that so that you will find a way to take care of, nurture, and water that hope. Preferably with scripture. It's the richest of the word. But changing your mindset, watching what comes out of your mouth. Hmm. That'll do it. That'll do it. Nurture that seed. Because life will give you lemons. And sometimes that lemonade is not as good as it needs to be. So you're going to have to study to figure out which is the best recipe to get the lemonade that you like. <laughs> be blessed. Buenos dias. Good morning. Today is the last day of milestones testing in Georgia. I think this is the most or one of the most dreaded weeks in school outside of spring break, especially if you don't have a plan for the kiddos. This past spring break was dreadful. Anyway, I'm sitting here with the rest of the other moms, each of us in our cars, trying to find something to do while our kids are inside, proving what awesome teachers they had this year. I remember back in the day when the test was about what it was you retained, what it was you learned, and it was in subjects that would help, subjects that would would enhance life. One of my son's classes this year was analyzing movies. Old movies, of course. And then he had to write a paper on some movie that he watched and, you know, what did the director mean? What did the writer do? You know, your thoughts on the movie. I'm not understanding how that's going to help him get a job. Even math, the way it's taught today, it's like once they leave fourth grade math, everything out of that is crazy unless they want to be a rocket scientist. And let's be real. Nobody really wants to be a rocket scientist until they're in, I don't know, high school. I think that the first eight years of school in this present day and age prepares our children to be 
worker bees. They don't prepare them for entrepreneurship. They don't prepare them to be the CEO of a company. Jobs nowadays just want bodies. They don't teach them how to give good customer service. They don't teach them how to take pride in how they show up to work. Hmm. They can't even make change because the computer does it for them. I'm not sure how good this is. This computer age is for children or people. And I'm going to include myself because there are phone numbers that I don't know by heart. And I call them all the time. I used to have to memorize numbers. <laughs> I used to memorize Bible verses. Man, let me tell you, when we were in school, working on your memory was everything. I still remember how nervous it felt to stand in front of the class and say, by the shores of Gitchigumi, to the wigwam, stood the wigwam of Nokomis, daughter of the moon, Nokomis. And when I moved into a house on Nokomis Street, I knew who the street was named after. <laughs> Man, uh-uh-uh. And were you one of those ones who had to learn the charge of the light brigade? Half the league, half the league, half the league onward. <laughs> Man, I understood Alfalfa's pain as he stood up there, those firecrackers in his pocket. Yeah, I'm aging myself now. That's one of the things hubby and I talk about a lot, about being partners in marriage and understanding the same levels. I mean, he was saying it would be dumb for him to marry someone younger than him, like any more than five years, because they would have nothing to relate to. The music, the TV shows, nothing. Do you know how irrelevant the Jetsons are nowadays. I mean, I think about it. I used to look at the Jetsons and, and think to myself, man, it must be cool to be able to see the person's face you're talking to over the phone. Man, it must be really cool to just, you know, have dinner done in a matter of seconds. <laughs> think about it. Think about it. Mom said the other day, we invented telephones only to fast forward all these years to go back to Morse code and teletype. <laughs> because people would rather text than make a phone call. And have you noticed that everything today is done in snippets? That's why our kids don't have long attention spans. I'll be honest. I have to work on my attention span. I have to work on on focusing. I have to also work on not watching brain dead TV. Have you noticed there's no continuity? 
you know, unless they're working on getting to a point at the end of some drama, there's no continuity, even in storylines. I don't even want to think about what things would be like 10 years from now. I don't have to really watch the speedometer anymore because it shows up in big, huge numbers. And I do mean numbers. You know, we used to watch the dial to keep our speed, and now we just look at the numbers. Everything has seemed to be rolled back, dumbed down. And then we expect excellence from our kids. They can't pull their pants up. Don't wear belts. Can't tie their shoes. And the hair, don't even get me started. I understand the push for natural hair. And yes, I grew up in the time of mohawks. Goth was a big thing back then. You know, a big three-foot spikes sitting up in the top of your head i thought it was crazy then it's crazy now Ooh, and those seagulls Ooh, ooh, woo i don't know it's distracting to me and yet you know what neat dreads on a man is sexy neat dreads or braids or all those sister locks are just elegant to me that neat afro. I remember doing everything in the world to try to make my hair go into an afro. But I know now, all these years later, one of the reasons why it wouldn't go into an afro is because it had been permed straight. Perms don't lend themselves to afros. And then about, I don't know, six years ago, I decided to go natural. And my natural hair is not my idea of natural hair. Okay, I'm going to say this. We women are never, ever satisfied with what our hair looks like. Not the color, not the texture, not the length, not any anything. Hear me when I say this. If you see a woman who is always doing something to her hair. There's something not right in her life. And she's trying to control. The only thing she can truly control is her hair. I would say wait, but uh, that's an issue right now. Because I have been struggling Okay, I'm going to get on my soapbox. I have been struggling with my weight all of my life. Yeah, I have. Started out with an adult telling me I was fat and I had to, you know, it stuck in my head. And so, I, so all my life, I've struggled with my weight. Only to wish back, wish that I could go back to the fat ugly that I was told and thought I was in my teens and then here recently I stepped on the scale and was the heaviest I have ever seen myself 
And I thought to myself, no, wait, uh-uh, something's got to change. So I tweaked one thing in my diet, dropped six pounds in a week. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? So if I can do that just by focusing on what I cook, how I prepare it, what I put in my mouth, and just simply saying no, I can reach that goal. But then there's the D word. You know what I'm talking about. Discipline. No one likes that word. But it takes discipline. It takes discipline for me to do these podcasts on a weekly, timely basis. It takes discipline for me to do the blog on a weekly, timely basis. It takes discipline for me to study the word. Because I don't believe that you can effectively give out what you haven't taken in. Hmm. I listened to my husband talk about me to my brother. And I was by myself blushing because, man, I wish I was the person my husband thinks I am or says I am. Man, I want to meet her. <laughs> Because I am not that well put together. But in his eyes I am. Hmm. And it's more than just Twitter pated too. Because my husband is who he is. Calls it like he sees it. He says even when he's wrong he's right. So I'm pretty sure if there was an issue or a problem... Or something he wasn't satisfied with, he'd tell me. Honestly. You know why? Because he loves me. And he doesn't want me to go out and be embarrassed or air my shortcomings around people who don't love me. Or even know me for that matter. Anyway, as I sit here at this test watching these parents pull in some of them 15 to 20 minutes late and I see the (laughs) I see people rushing no don't walk up there drive up there can you get up there so we can get the test started and I remember that in the beginning that was me oh my goodness it starts at 9 I'll see you at 9 30 oh that was so me but I've worked hard on that I've worked hard on that. And every day this week, we have been early by at least five minutes. Proud of myself for that. Discipline, people. Discipline. Don't let this microwave world, this get it in a second, this minute rice world. take you to a place where you cannot focus where you cannot sit still and then you're walking around with this pseudo ADHD drinking energy drinks and things to focus when all you have to do is stop woosah and concentrate On the task in front of you. Now yes we women. (laughs) 
<laughs> we can do 40,000 things at once. Like, I can do a load of laundry while making dinner. And in the middle of that, I can put the dishes in the dishwasher and clean the kitchen. Now, while I have put these skills in each of my children, the girls can do it. They have to be told to do it, but they can do it. They can get it done like I did it. The boys, whoo, whole nother podcast. Makes me wonder if their goal is, you know, if I do it bad, she won't ask me to do it anymore. Obviously, they don't know who I am. Because if you keep doing it incorrectly, I am just going to allow you to practice over and over and just deal with the frustration of you practicing. My hubby doesn't like kids in the kitchen, but I will not have a daughter of mine who cannot make a meal. I'm I, I, I'm I'm trying to say that. There is no reason for any person to say, Oh my god, I can't cook unless they're just trying to get out of it. Now, I know some people who say I can't cook well, but again, that takes discipline. Today, in this short-ordered world, you can Google anything. You can Google a recipe, and then you can Google the video to follow for that recipe. There are some entry-level Google videos, and there are some Michelin star level recipe videos. So, not being able to cook well, again, there's that word, takes discipline. That's a hard thing to come by nowadays, discipline. People don't even want to discipline their kids anymore. It's called gentle parenting. I remember trying gentle parenting with my second oldest child. She's the one that taught me that gentle parenting is uh, marshmallows thrown in the fire. (laughs) Yes. Fast forward all these years to my grandkids. Gentle parenting doesn't work. Because kids ignore you. Sometimes to their detriment. And yours. But anyway. Discipline is a good thing. Disciplined people. Are the ones that. Are the movers and shakers. Even even when they're disciplined in the wrong thing, they get stuff done. You know, the Bible talks about a person who lays in bed and thinks up the wrong thing in their heart. And that's because they've dwelt on it. They've thought about it. They've concentrated on it. And the majority of us can't even decide what we want to eat at the drive-thru window. 
It's crazy how they've done us down. Made everything short order. I remember when I was a little girl watching this movie and this man took this lady to a date. He was trying to impress her. And there were four courses in the meal. And I thought to myself, man, how elegant is that? Now we're ready for your second course, ma'am. Are you done? Okay, here's the third course. And then they would tell her what it was cooked and how it was cooked. Lightly seared, steamed, da-da-da. And now we want a number one, no pickles, uh, uh, medium, um, um, where's the drinks? Uh, I want a lemon, no, give me a, that's crazy. And then I have been in a restaurant that specializes, you know, um, a Chinese restaurant, a Mexican restaurant, a an Italian restaurant, and heard people order a hamburger with fries. I remember a lady going completely off because she went into a Chinese restaurant. No, wait, this one was Japanese. A Japanese restaurant that specialized in sushi, which is why I was there. And she had a whole conniption fit that they didn't have french fries. I'm sorry. Um, did you not see the name before you came in? Did you not understand the squiggles on the front? Under the name, screams, we don't have french fries. But I digress. We are a insta-spoiled people. I say today, take the time to concentrate on something. Take the time to... Get back that ability to memorize. Take the time to renew, especially if you're in my age group. You know, that I'm going to say 50 to 70 age group. Memorize something. Something small to begin with. Memorize it. Not a song. Songs are easy. Songs are very easy. I mean something written. Something that you would want to be able to quote. Back in, I'm going back to school because school was different when I was in there. And I remember, I'm not understanding why we memorized Romeo and Juliet. Because I wasn't in a play. I understand why we memorized the preamble. No, I'm not going to clarify what that is. But I remember those things. In order to form a more perfect union. Ooh, I tell you what. 
when and if the union falls apart, you couldn't pay me to stay in the South because it's still bad. Oh, yeah, it's glossed over. Oh, yeah, there are black people here who are millionaires. There are people of every color and hue who have lots of money. But I tell you what, they don't see that when they see you. Not to say that it's not done in other portions of the world and other portions of these United States. But the South, man, it may not rise again the way it was. Hmm. But huh, it's worse. It's actually worse. I heard Trevor Noah say that in South Africa, it's out there. It's 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 in your face. It's yes. We are prejudiced. He said, you know, apartheid taught them something. And here, it's glossed over, painted up, and... Uh, we don't even teach our kids about it anymore. Why? Because that was in the past. It has nothing to do with today. Right. Right. That's because they found a better way. <laughs> anyway, I digress. I got on that rabbit trail. But we were talking about discipline. And so, again, today, woman or man, discipline. Memorize something. Strive to be excellent in some area. I don't care if you are excellent at cleaning the bathroom. If you are excellent at cleaning out your email list. If you are excellent at making your shoes all dusted and in a row. Oh, that dreaded cleaning out the closet. Be excellent. Renew a skill. Teach a child how to make change. That's a skill. You yourself knowing how to make change. Do you know whole businesses will close because the computer's down because there isn't a blasted person in there who can make change? Isn't that crazy? I remember when there were order pads and we were in awe of that you know, that waitress who could come in there and, you know, take the order of everybody at the table. No order pad, didn't write down anything. And then she'd go and she'd come back and everything would be correct. That person has discipline. I am in awe. You know what else I'm in awe of? Someone who can easily slip from one language to another. That's my goal. I'm learning to do that. And one day in this podcast... I will do just that. Slip between languages. Slide seamlessly in and out of languages. But not today. Not trying to confuse you. Trying to keep this under 30 minutes. Which takes discipline.
under 30 minutes and not rambling. Don't be insta today. Be determined today. Be disciplined today. And then when you wake up tomorrow, do the same thing. And learn something new, would you? Add to your repertoire. You wanted to paint? Paint. Even if it's stick figures. Have you seen what's selling for millions of dollars as NFTs out here? (sighs) Want to make jewelry? Make jewelry. Do that thing. There are a billion houses around here. Same builders building in different portions of the city. And yet people are still buying the same houses. I mean, nothing's different about them. So if somebody tell you, oh, don't do that because the market is saturated. Eh, nope. Do that thing. Do that thing. Be disciplined. Adios. Hasta luego. <laughs> Can I make this one quick? While the radio plays in the background and the car is running. I'm always in the car. And as you know, I always like the the background noises. Weird like that. Today has been a day. It's a weird, funky, down day. Not real sure why it's down. Not real sure why I feel funky. But we all have those days. Just feel blah. Nap didn't help. Trying to be better about my diet, so I didn't have any chocolate. Yes, I know. Scientists say that women need it. It's like a vegetable, an afro, not just an aphrodisiac, but you know what I mean. Anyway, I just, today was just a blah, blah day, and I tried to encourage myself by remembering and recording and re-quoting and quoting and re-quoting scriptures in my head. Still just a blah, blah day. These are the days when you have to just stand on your faith. Know that you know. I think that's what he meant when he said, be still and know that I am God. I'm trying to be still. And I know he's God. I remember David, when he was facing each trial, he would remind himself out loud of what God did. You delivered me from the bear. You delivered me from the, you know, he would tell himself those things. And I have a long, 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 long list of things that I truly believe God delivered me from. So at this moment, I'm counting the miracles. I'm counting the deliverances. I'm counting my blessing. I'm going to need you to do that too. This is very, very short. Only because I need you to understand that just because you feel blah today won't mean you feel blah tomorrow. And even if you do feel blah tomorrow, the God you serve, the God you believe in, knows that you feel blah. Cast your care 
count your blessings. Name them one by one out loud so you can hear them. Why so downcast, oh my soul? Let's put your hope in God. That's where my hope is. Now I have to walk the talk. Have an awesome night's sleep. And be blessed. There's a peculiarness to every faith walk. One can experience great tribulation and great joy all at the same time. In truth, it's where I am right now. There's a video going around on Facebook that shows a man sitting leisurely eating his meal while a storm rages behind him. There are all sorts of comments posted to it. I saw myself. The storm rages, but I choose to sit at the table prepared for me in the presence of my enemies. You know why? Because he who promised is faithful. This one, I actually posted to the website, July 12, 2019. It was a recount of something that I heard from a brother in Christ in, I'm going to say, 2006. Anyway, here it is. Do your actions speak louder than your profession of faith? Do you opt for the world's solutions more often than seeking godly counsel? Proverbs 14.1 compares and contrasts. I'm not going to read it now, but I will read it later. Many years ago, a male friend of mine told me about a woman on his job that he thought was cool people. Until one day, her conversation crossed the line he'd set for female friends. He said he knew it by how his emotions responded to her compliment. Then he said, and this right here, he said compliments are flesh candy and the enemy will use them to infiltrate your battle formation. Let me say that again. Compliments are flesh candy and the enemy will use them to infiltrate your battle formation. Think on it and walk circumspectly. <laughs>